Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 125 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I share our thoughts and notes with each other on the books we're reading for the first time. If this is your first time listening, we suggest reading Goosebumps, book 15. You can't scare me before listening to this episode. That way you too can follow along. Welcome to a Death Readers one and done. Well, do we have any housekeeping before we get started on this book? Yeah, I don't think so. We do. We're gonna... We do. What? What? We do. What? We forgot to do something last episode. What did we forget? We were going to do the thing where we talk about what could we imagine a better cover design oh. for, for Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. Right. So if you recall, the cover itself is of the disembodied hands playing the piano or like positioned above the piano keys and then the keyboard sort of like bends around the corner disappears so given i'm not even gonna say that you have to be limited to something that happened in the book but like i don't like that cover that's what i'm saying like i think it's it's okay but it looks like it doesn't really look like anything mm-hmm. kind of looks like like thing two things playing the piano you know i'm not afraid of thing things cute no. so I'm trying to think, and I was thinking about, like, maybe it's, like, a similar shot, right? Okay. But instead of, but it's, like, it's, like, <laughs> okay, so it's, it's, a uh, what's his name uh, in that book? Jerome. Jerry, yeah. So, Jerry is, like, practicing the piano, and he's, like, looking down at the piano. He's sort of confused, and he's sort of playing. It's a shot, like, from the other side of the piano. Like, you can see him playing like on the bench, like sitting on the bench and playing, but it's on the other side of the piano. Like the, like if the keys are the, are the, are North, the cameras to the West. Follow me. Okay. Behind him is an enormous overweight, little tiny head piano teacher, man. Who's like rubbing his sausage fingers together. Like, like, like this, like he's very excited, but he's like eagerly glaring and like ogling this kid's fingers as they play. Sure. And he's like in this in this how in in the living room, and he's just like cr- looks really creepy, like you know, like he wants something that kid has. Maybe a, a hidden ghost in the background. Maybe just for funsies. I think that's great. That's great. That's better than what I had. What'd you have? Uh, Jerome backed against the door with same piano teacher looming over him, and maybe he's got his hand up. Mm-hmm. But in that old like thirty style, the hand is lit, so you know that that's the, mm. that the guy's more interested in. Mm. Um, and maybe there's something robotic and mechanical about him that would only be super apparent to a seasoned reader who went back and, and who had read the story and looked at the cover and went, "Oh, I can see he's a robot now." I like it. Cool. Um, yeah, well, those would both be better. Let's try doing that again at the end of this episode for this book, and let's try to All remember right. that. All right. All well, right. Well, make a little note. So we are in uh, Goosebumps 15. You can't scare me. Um, I guess I could just do a synopsis or... Yeah, I guess you should. All right, here we go. Summary. Eddie is a bit of a scaredy cat. He's an anxious boy who's frightened easily. Courtney is downright brave. Nothing seems to scare her. During a class field trip, Courtney publicly humiliates Eddie when he shrieks as she uh, holds a big green snake up to his face. Now, Eddie plans on revenge. With the help of his friend Hat and others, Eddie orchestrates several elaborate harassments in an attempt to get back at Courtney by publicly embarrassing her. But all his plans backfire. He puts a fake snake in her lunch, but their teacher gets it. They steal a tarantula from the science lab and attempt to drop it on Courtney's hair, but it falls in another girl's hair. They bring a St. Bernard into the woods to frighten Courtney, but it gets lost and Courtney rescues it. That's when Eddie gives up. Almost. One last scare. Eddie convinces his brothers and friends to dress up like mud monsters from their town's tragic history in an attempt to scare Courtney one last time in the woods. At night, under a full moon. Everything's going to plan when the mud monsters begin rising from the muck. But there's too many of them. Dozens. The mud monsters are real. And then the kids escape, and Courtney's the hero in the end. Were, were there dozens? I thought there were just three and three. Nope. There was. We got one of those weird different editions or something. 
The three mud monsters were staggering right behind the treehouse. Oh, more bodies. You're right. Dozens of them now. I was really skimming by this point. <laughs> Guilty. You caught me. I caught you. All right. Well, let's go back to the beginning then and that's start. Why, that's that's why it only fresh. takes you an hour to read this book. <laughs> it's one, yeah, I've read it. Yeah, it's another, I got that. Yes, yes. Okay. I see that there's a deer maybe in this. Okay. What's this? Mom showing off. Yeah. Moving on. Good kids up laughing. Like kids laugh. Got it. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> um, all right. Did I miss anything integral? No. Okay. Uh, I have a note on page one. Okay. I also do. What's your note? <laughs> My note is just that this is not an exaggeration. I literally laughed out loud the first time I read the name hat. Like I just, I just laughed out loud and thought, holy shit. How are the kids in the Goosebumps world uh, that creatively bankrupt? This is so <laughs> dumb. That's like that's like how Garbage Pail Kids are named. <laughs> Herbie the Hat. Yep. Yeah. He never washes his hair. Or like 30s gangsters, you know? Like, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's baby face. He's kind of fat. He's baby face. <laughs> Why do they call you One-Armed Tommy? What the fuck do you think? I got one arm, you ass. My name's Tom. I was through like the first paragraph. And let me see if I find the part. So no, because the paragraphs are small. It was actually like the fourth. But it said, It was a gray day. Dark storm clouds rolled overhead, blocking the sun. The guy on the radio said there was a 90% chance of rain. And it made me... R.L. Stein's descriptions, at least in the Goosebumps book, always sound like a fourth grader who's discovered simile and thinks its writing sounds super grown up now. Mm. Like I, 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 I totally would have put those into a you know English mandated story at that age. And R- been like, right, oh, right. I sound like a real author. Right. The dark storm clouds rolled in. Nice. Yeah. Um, and the book went down for hill for me for there. <laughs> um. I have a note at the end of chapter two. Okay. I don't have a lot of notes. Uh, so, somewhere in here I decide I hate Eddie more than Jerome. <laughs> uh, but what's your note in chapter two? We talk about Eddie's motivation um, a little later. My note at the end of chapter two is... I'm just going to read this really quick. Uh, okay. I was really glad when the path ended and we stepped out near the parking lot. We had made a complete circle... The school bus stood at the edge of the grass, its doors opened invitingly. But no one was getting on the bus. To my surprise, I saw a big crowd of kids huddled in a circle several feet from the bus. They were standing silently, staring straight ahead. What's up? I called to Charlene, who was hurrying towards the silent circle of kids. It's Courtney, she called back. I began running, too. The kids were huddled so silently, no one moved. Had something terrible happened to Courtney? And my note is, had something terrible happened to Courtney, is the laziest cliffhanger I've ever read. <laughs> it, it, I, you, you read some of these books growing up. I did. Does he make it an, uh, a mandate to have a cliffhanger at the end of every single chapter? No, and this book doesn't, but he it doesn't. doesn't? Okay. No, it, it surely feels like it. It does. It doesn't. Some of them are, some of them are like. Like, here's one that I wouldn't really consider a cliffhanger. Okay. Uh, that's when I decided to give up. It was impossible, I saw. There were no w- there was no way, no way we would ever scare Courtney. It was time to admit defeat, I told myself. Little did I know just how scary things were soon to get. That's not a, that's not a cliffhanger. That's like, yes, it's... that's what you say at the end of a, 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 an early 90s comedy trailer. That's a cliffhanger. That's no cliffhanger. It's not a cliffhanger. I don't think so. But um, more to your point, had something terrible happened to Courtney, it's a very lazy cliffhanger. It's, it's not even like in at least in Piano Lessons Can't Be Murder. I felt like the cliffhangers were things like, and then I felt the ghost, icy hands grip my neck, and then yeah. the next the next page, it's like it was his mom. Mom. Right. 
but that's a cliffhanger. Like, that's like, whoa, shit, we're at the end of this chapter and he's already, the ghost is touching him. Whoa. You know, like, this is just like, had something happened to Courtney? I mean, that's kind of the gist of a good sentence you could have written, but instead you just wrote the gist. <laughs> so, where's the sentence, man? Like, what, why, here, here's my question. Why would we think something terrible happened to Courtney? Right. It's Courtney doesn't mean it could mean anything. I don't. It's just it's not enough. I I don't. I'm not so critical of it to say that like the thing about the similes you mentioned. Uh, I think it's fair criticism, but I also think again it's it's it's. I have a strong suspicion it's by design because it's not so much that he feels like he's discovered similes, but that these children may have just discovered similes. And maybe the assignment is find similes in the book you're reading. And so there are similes. All I'm saying is reading Goosebumps has made me a lot less critical of my own writing. Oh, that's nice. Because <laughs> if this can, you know, be published and just take the world by storm... Maybe I'm less critical of my own writing, but more critical of people. Mm. Well, I mean, again, yeah. it's children. Like, these are... It's... Uh, I'm... Unlike R.L. Stein, I'm not going to write down to them or talk down to them or think down to them. Which is why you won't be successful. That's also probably true. Uh, I have a note, page 72. Do you have any notes? I have a note in chapter 11 where I made a prediction about the end of the book. Oh, wow. But I was... But I was I ended up being wrong. Do you want to we talk hold, about that at the end? I suppose. Let's just yeah, let's hold that till the end. Um, because I'm pretty. This is literally my last note, and then I'm just done. I I have one more note. I don't remember. I think it's towards the end. So what, what's your note on page seventy-two? My, mine's notes more of a joke note. I'll be honest. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad. Explain your joke note to me. Page seventy-two. Hmm. Horrible out of context entendre. Quote: It isn't easy to tug a Saint Bernard if he doesn't want to be tugged. I think that goes true for most things that don't want to be tugged. It's not easy. Wow. I, uh, I didn't see that coming. Neither nope. did the St. Bernard. <sighs> What's wrong? What's Nothing. wrong? Nothing. What happened? Nothing happened. All right. There was an exchange. I don't have the exact page number, but there was an exchange that did actually amuse me. Do it. Okay. I just, I just needed something from you. It's when he's talking to his brother and trying to get help to scare Courtney. And the conversation goes, I shortened it, but basically like this. We're trying to scare a girl. Why? For fun. He nodded. <laughs> that that amused me a lot. I was just like, he's like, yeah, it checks out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was the best. That was the best part of this book for me. Are you at the overview? Or are you at the are you at the end? Yeah. No, okay. I'm at the end. Here we go. Um, here's my so here's my overview of the book. Okay. Because. I didn't have to take that many notes because there just wasn't that much There's not. really really happening. It's over. so much padding. It, well, yeah. No, it's so, so much padding. Well, my review is that I really enjoyed this book. What? I did. The, uh, Continue. The repetitive actions were different enough to keep me entertained, and I liked that our shitty protagonist didn't succeed in bullying Courtney. Uh, huge fucking letdown of an ending... Yes. I would have preferred if the mud monsters had killed everyone and drugged them into their deaths under the mud. Or some people, half of the people. So we have a narrator, you know, not from beyond the grave. Right. But knows it's his fault. Something. Right. Um, but I, I I, did, I liked, I felt like this, this book felt like the kind of movie that would be a fun kids movie that then turns into a horrific horror film. And mm -hmm. I like that. Like, like, like it reminded me in that sense of like super eight, like in that way where you're like, okay, we're starting off with like kids who are being kids. Like they're, they're just, they're embarrassed. They're doing, they're dealing with a bunch of very real kid stuff and they're going to like, you know, lash out and, and try to get revenge on the, on the person that embarrassed them. And they're going to do it in very childlike ways. They're going to have very, you know, I don't know, Escap their escapades are going to be juvenile but in a mm -hmm. fun in a fun like realistic way like trying to steal things from a classroom or like uh, all of their schemes are, are very you know tame and and appropriate for their age but i i so so I, I liked all of that with also the but and i also liked that it wasn't 
it really wasn't trying to be scary for most of the book. Like the stuff that was scary in it were all stuff that felt realistic, like the snakes or the tarantulas or the dog, the one big giant dog that was like a demon dog. I didn't understand that if it was just the kid's imagination taking over or if it was actually like a monster kind of, kind of hard to tell. I don't know. It, I, I agree that, that the pranks were age appropriate and kind of approached the right way, but I was not engaged and it just right. felt, especially with other than Courtney kind of riffing on him seeming to be scared and that just hitting too close to home for him because he said other people do. It wasn't sure, like she spent her time bullying him. It was just kind of a one-off, like, oh, you're afraid of that? <laughs> really? It's, a, it's not venomous snake. Right. Um, he just really seemed like a dick. Oh, yeah, to, no. To keep trying to take her down. And, and it just and, – and that coupled with the fact that his pranks I, – I feel like he could have still planned pranks that would fail and it could have been engaging, but it wasn't. And that just made this book very unpleasant to me. I See, I liked I, – I took all of I, – I saw that stuff too. I liked it because it – because specifically because he keeps failing. It's mm-hmm. like it's like – it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a good lesson for kids. Like, you know, don't be vindictive. Mm-hmm. Like, in this parable, it never works out and you're always embarrassed and the person you were jealous of just ends up being better than you anyway. So, like, stop being jealous of them and move on. Like, sure. Or, or but that, because the other thing is, like, Courtney did kind of embarrass him, but he really kind of embarrassed himself that first time. Um, well, technically, the first time was with the worms but I can't remember if that was just with his friends or not. Yeah, I don't remember. But the the thing with the snake in the in the field trip, that was definitely like the where he where he decided like, "All right, I'm getting revenge." And you know, it just wasn't necessary and mm-hmm. it wasn't really that well justified, and I like that it wasn't well justified and that's and that is part of the the story is that okay, this kid is like angry and upset and we can all understand why but like look at what's happening like look at what he's doing in his world and to the people around him and is it is it productive is it better for anybody and the answer seems to be a a solid no (laughs) so i don't think i had any real more notes do you have any other notes i have no more notes um let me double check make sure i don't have any more notes i i also though i this is another one where I do think that this would this this book has the potential to make a really good like short film or like it reminded me a lot of like Stranger Things too in that way that, that like okay you start out with a bunch of kids doing normal st- kid stuff sure then eventually there becomes a monster they have to deal with that is scary and I felt like this was prototypical for that kind of story which is funny because you've brought up the two meet uh, not media examples examples sure that let's go with that two examples that i don't care for i did not like super eight mm-hmm. and i do not like stranger things and you don't Which, like i this mean book. i was a big fan of goonies big fan of lost boys but but those two i'm just like Bleh. not for me yeah so um yeah i think that that was uh i like i said i uh, the ending hugely disappointing really wanted the mud monsters to be a bigger part of the story yeah can we talk about that yeah let's talk about it they so there's a there's a brief legend like scooby a half hour of scooby-doo has more backstory three quarters the, of the way through the book we get a couple sentences describing this legend that everybody knows about and is always talking about but we're just hearing about it for the first time right now in the story shanty town down on the mud flats that the the rich people would never help them and they got swept away buried in the mud mm-hmm and every every literally every month, every full moon, every right, twelve full times moon. a year. That's a lot. It's a lot. Not not a blue moon. You could do a blue moon. We get blue moons every couple of years. That's reasonable. Eclipse, harvest moon, sure. Like, something that's harder to tap make happen. And maybe little kids don't understand that. Again, these books ostensibly are for eight year olds, but feel like they're written with five year olds in mind, and so mm. that's what I think I don't like. But anyways, mm, mm. Uh, so the mud sweeps them away. Yeah, and they come back every full moon to terrorize the town? I, I Or, like, snare somebody who's close enough to the mud, I think. 
yeah, really not at all enough to do with the mud monsters. Like for for the for the yeah, it's the fact there are like three or four pranks before we get to the mud monsters, and then it's like the last two or three pages that the mud monsters show up to just lumber at them and make the kids go, oh crap, they're real, and run. That's it. That's yeah. it. We're done. Book's over. Book's over. I was really disappointed with that because I I had, I had come up with a prediction for the ending that seemed like well let's not get to that yet if you don't I'm not to. getting to it okay. yet I'm just okay. saying I had come up with a prediction for the ending that seemed like it would incorporate more of the story elements uh, and would have made a good Twilight Zone twist and uh, not even half that okay before we go into talking about your prediction for the ending. Okay. In more detail, let's talk about the differences between the book and the episode of the Goosebumps TV series. Oh, okay. No, I can't remember. One. Have you watched you what you did or did not watch the series? I've watched some of the series, but I I don't you know. But but there could be story beats lodged in your subconscious. I guess that's possible. I knew it. Let's see differences from the book. So this episode aired October fifth, nineteen ninety six. It does star as Courtney. An actress named Charlotte Sullivan, who uh, fans of Chicago Fire and Blue Bloods and the Kennedys and Mary Kills People would recognize as an actress, but not someone I recognize as an actress. So, but anyway, you were asking last time about if anybody got their start there. Well, here one is. Uh, Differences with the book. Instead of many mud monsters, there's only one in the episode. Two of Eddie's friends, Molly and Charlene, are missing. Charlene's dog, Buttercup, also does not appear. So no Buttercup in the episode. Eddie's brother does not appear in the episode, and it's Eddie who pretends to be a mud monster to scare Courtney. Oh, so we, we, we that means we would lose the entire interaction you were excited about. Yep. Um, instead of mud monsters emerging and chasing everyone away Courtney sees a mud monster and talks to it for so long that the sun dries it out once it dries out the monster becomes immobile Courtney is then interviewed by news reporters after they leave the mud monster gets revived by the rain and chases Eddie and Hat (laughs) this series seems like the cheapest show ever made like we're going to take these books that would cost nothing to film, make them even cheaper, cut that budget in half, and then film it in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, here's a good one. There's no field trip in the episode. <laughs> Sorry, the forest was too cost prohibitive to shoot in. And we're in Canada. I'm assuming it's Canadian. Hey, you don't know. Uh, I don't. Courtney gives her report on the mud monsters at the very start of the story, while in the book, this happens much later. When Eddie and Hat got trapped with the spider in the book, Eddie was able to get it off them, so they were able to attempt to drop it on Courtney. In the episode, Courtney appears to rescue them from the spider. I mean, Courtney sounds pretty amazing all around. I, I, I don't know I why like these that. guys are being so super villains about her. I like that about this this book they're the 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 main characters are bad guys they're it's like it's like the harry potter thing all over again Mm -hmm. yeah it's it looks super cheap i kind of love it it (laughs) it, it looks a lot like power rangers style like cheapness gotcha where you're like wow you guys so you're gonna you're gonna save you're gonna save money by just stealing his stuff from another show Cool. cool 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 uh excuse me purchasing footage from another show so let's see all right, so let's move on to your predictions for the. Oh wait, you know, hold on. Before we do that, could there be a better cover? Mm. Oh man! I mean, I feel like the question is inverted. I think the cover is great, but the story doesn't match it. Okay, because because inverted to me would mean could there be a worse cover? And, uh, I, I, I don't, I, what I'm saying is it's not a direct opposite situation. Right. right. It's, uh, the thing that happens on the cover all happens so briefly in the book that it's not right. a, it's not a real representation of this story. Right. Where, where each sub, you know, each prank takes up so many pages as opposed to the page and a half we get of mud monsters, if that much. 
Um, so everybody listening, if you haven't seen the cover, it's it's. I'll, I'll say it. I think it's yeah. an amazing cover. It's a gorgeous piece of art of these uh, mud monsters. There's no other way to describe them. Like muddier than swamp thing creatures, humanoid creatures lurching forth from the muck. Uh, there's three of them in a, a orange hazy swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks terrifying. Like it looks like a scary thing. If you've ever seen the movie Spookies, they're a lot like the shit monsters in Spookies. So, I that's my problem is I I love this cover. Is yeah, there a cover, cover that would be more appropriate for this book? Uh, I I think so. I've got an idea. Um, so my idea for the cover that would more better reflect the story in this book is like an overhead shot in the sequence when they're about to drop the tarantula onto Courtney's head. So it's like an overhead shot of above the kids that are on the balcony. Right. As they're like holding the tarantula arms outstretched over the ledge. And then below them, you can see the girls talking and you get the idea of what they're doing. Sure. You can't scare me. Okay. I can clearly see that someone's trying to drop a tarantula on someone to scare them. I mean, this cover would be good. I well, first of all, I think that's a great cover. Thank you, thank you. And it's you. a great cover for uh, what they've done, and that they spend so much time on the tarantula prank, both stealing the tarantula, trying to set up the aftermath of it. That that seems like almost like the featured prank. So that's a perfect, perfect cover, and it's very sim- cinematic the way you've described it or said, staged it. It's mm-hmm. it's good, good framing. Um, for the, co- the cover as it is to have worked, we would need more of a Goonie-style mystery where the through line of the book were these mud monsters. Yeah. Where they're the legend of the town, clues of the town, people who don't want to talk about it. Here's a weird thing. This is an inconsistency. Let's look into this. Oh, there's weird mud here. What's going on? Could it have been just my brother's dirty shoes or was there a monster? Shit like that building it's, on itself until yeah. you culminate into a monster attack. Oh, that cover would make sense. Not what we got. What you're describing is what happens in it. At least kind in of. The, at least in the film, Ben makes all these discoveries about like what's happened yes. in the town. That was supposed it? to be Mike. They totally whitewashed that. Um, but I was actually thinking of the Goonies, how everything was predicated on One-Eyed Willie's treasure and the legend yeah, of that. True, but true. but yes, no, same thing. You're right. It's almost like um, this is a trope that works when it works and doesn't really when it doesn't really. Or when you don't try it at all. Yeah. <laughs> but this cover suggests otherwise, because it is a great cover. It's a really good cover. Like, uh, this is one of those Goosebumps books that I never read because the cover was so scary mm-hmm. that I expected it to be a story about horrible mud monsters. And so I was excited to finally read it and then find out there's almost no mud monsters in it at all. Not, I didn't like that. I would have preferred more mud monsters. Were there Goosebumps that scared you, scared you? Besides the egg monsters egg one? from Mars? Um... I think that the, I'm pretty sure that Night and Terror Tower was pretty scary because the idea is you are, so the premise of Night and Terror Tower is two kids are at like a museum, they're visiting like England and they're at like a castle museum Mm -hmm. and somehow they do something like they walk into the wrong room or they get, they get separated from their uh, tour guide and suddenly they are back in time. And there is a scary executioner wandering the halls who's trying to kill them, wearing a big black executioner hood. He's a big axe, and he chases him through this castle, and they don't know where they are. They don't know how they got here. They don't know if this guy's part of the tour. They're not really really sure what's happening. And then I think at the end, they uh, I think they probably find, come out okay. Like, they just fall through the same hole, and they're like, well, everything's fine again. Um, but that one, the idea of, like, Again, the thing that Arl Stide does that's really incredible is he does find a way to hone in, eat with each book kind of hone in on an element of childhood or in of existence that or fears of children and then sort of like work on them. So like, you know, practicing your piano, you know, the, the anxiety around doing that and how annoying it is or how like how much you feel like your piano teacher hates you, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's Piano Lessons Can't Be Murder is not a fun book to read, but that's a I can I can appreciate expecting children to be able to relate to that. Sure. Um, in in you can't scare me. You know you have this whole story about these children who are embarrassed and frustrated because there's another kid who's getting more attention than them, and they want better at everything. And is better than everything than them. They're jealous and they want to take that kid down a peg. 
and they just make themselves look foolish in, in their futile attempts to do so, which only makes her look better. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of good lessons in there, but I think it's, again, it starts with being relatable. And in, in a uh, night and terror tower, uh, I think that's what it's called. The, um, it, it plays on a fear of being lost from your parents or like, you know, being, being separated from the protection of the group. And then someone's after you and not being able to, or getting lost. There's also the getting lost element. Right. Um, so like it's, I, I, that, that's one I remember pretty, uh, I remember that feeling of, of that one pretty well. Um, yeah, the, uh, um, I think there were some other ones like I, I didn't really get into the whole like slappy thing. Like I didn't care about that character at all. I feel like the haunted mask was one that appealed to me because I think it probably came around out around the time that I had definitely seen Jim Carrey's the mask. Mm-hmm. So like it was in, in the visually they're very similar. Uh, yeah. There's some other ones that I remember sort of like, I remember don't go into the basement because I think it had to do with a person that was like a, a plant like a plant person pretending to be like a not plant person okay um and like ate fertilizer and stuff yeah you know anyway there's a yeah there's some that was i remember having like frightened feelings about but not this one this is not, not one, one that i i definitely did not read this one all right what was your prediction you want me to do mine first? I do. In chapter 11, there was this passage where they want to drop the tarantula on Courtney. What if Courtney doesn't get upset? Molly had asked on the phone. What if she just picks it out of her hair calmly and asks if anyone had lost a tarantula? That's impossible, I had replied. Courtney is calm, but she isn't that calm. She's got to scream and go wild with the tarantula in her hair. If she doesn't, she's not human. She's a statue or something. And I thought... Oh, damn. What if Courtney's actually a mud monster and that's going to be the reveal at the end? Didn't go anywhere near that. Yeah. I'm like, that seemed like a perfect setup and a perfect, you know, kind of twist where they try to trick her into the swamp and with the mud monsters and then real mud monsters show up and she's just like, oh, it's my family. And that's the dun 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 ending. Hmm. Well, do you have my prediction handy? You want to set this up? Um, I think it sets it up. What? Like, do you want to explain why it's pristine and unopened? Sure. Um, so that's I fun. I read. So, dear listener, I was, I uh, as soon as I read the halfway through the first page, and I read the name Hat, and I laughed like crazy, and then I immediately recorded a prediction for the end of the book on my phone and sent it to Rob. And I said, do not open this until we do our episode. And I want you to play it. It's a prediction for the end of the episode or for the end of the book. And I'm making it before I've read further than page one. And we'll see if, uh, if I'm correct. All right. So if you will, if you will notice, can you see that? Yep. It's unopened. It's unopened. And texts cannot be, Marked unread like you can with emails. This is not yet opened. So I'm going to open this text now and play this. Do not tell episode. Okay. New recording. Here we go. Okay. It's 8.20 p.m. November 17th, 2021. I am making this recording as a matter of record as I have begun reading Goosebumps Book 15, You Can't Scare Me. I am one page into the book, and I have a prediction for the ending. If I am right, I will live in glorious triumph. If I am wrong, I might cut this part from the episode. So, without further ado, here we go. Uh, Rob, I predict that the character Hat, who always wears a hat, will be revealed in the end of the book to be a mud monster or an alien of some kind. I believe the removal of his hat will reveal either twigs and shit (laughs) under there and mud and muck or alien, you know, antennas. 
So that's that's it. That's my prediction. The kid named Hat, he's going to be a monster of, or an alien of some kind. Well, there you go. Bye. Well. So I thought that was interesting that you and I had very similar ideas that there was going to be a secret mud monster reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the hat one seemed like such a tell from the beginning. The idea that there's a kid who will never take off his hat. I read that page to my wife before telling her my thoughts and she goes, oh, that kid, there's something about that hat. <laughs> she says, that's going to be a thing at the end. And I was like, I know, that's what I'm saying. And then, sure enough, there's a moment where they take the kid's hat off in the middle of the book. I was waiting for it the whole time. The whole time reading the book, I was like, it's going to be the last chapter. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to be like Harry and the Hendersons. They're going to be out in the woods and suddenly Hat's going to take his hat off and be like, I've, I have trees, you know, stalks hanging out of my head. And there's going to be a whole bunch of mud monsters be like, Hat, we love you. And it'll just be like, he absorbs everybody else into his family. Because Hat is Groot. Hat is Groot. And then then he takes his hat off. His hair is described as sort of wooden, like bark. In the chapter, in the section where they take his hat off, and he quickly puts it on, on, like it was a shame. I was like, maybe... Maybe he's maybe it's there. Maybe they're maybe they're gonna make it happen in the end. And it doesn't fucking happen in the end. No. Nothing cool happens in the end. The mod monsters are sort of real, and that for a page and a half. And then that's it. We get nothing else. It's very disappointing. It's exceptionally disappointing. Look at that cover, man. <laughs> I said it last time. These this is these books reinforce the bad habit of judging a book by its cover, because these covers fucking rule. At least this one does. I mean, at least the title didn't lie to us. It's true. I we weren't scared. Um. So anyway, I was wrong. Uh, yeah. I really. I'm sorry. I I, I would have uh, a- any other book. Either of our predictions would have made total sense. Agreed. I was, I, even if it's so, there's no reason for Courtney to assume a human form and go to school as a mud monster or Hat to do the same. The uh, only reason is for anal- to, to learn from humans by by living among them. Sure, but uh, what, what I'm what I'm saying is it, it's silly, but it's justified for a kid's book. Silly. Yes, you could make yes. it work. You could say it, it, that the thing with kids' book is sometimes you can just be like, oh, because. And that works in a kid's book, right? That in that sense, you can that that that's a logical thing you can have in a child's book. And kids are like, "Yeah, I'm fine with that." Next, what what happens next? Are they going to get him or not? But they don't even do that. No, he doesn't even do that. No, it just doesn't happen. It's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. It is a little bit of a bummer. Um, there's apparently some differences in the publication of this book and the international editions. Oh, okay. Uh, in Portugal, this is the 19th book in the original Goosebumps series. In the Portuguese adaptation of the story Buttercup, Charlene's dog is named Botau de Uru. Uru. All right. Something about the eyes, maybe? I don't know. Uh, in the classic Goosebumps reprint... Oh, we didn't do an edition edition. Um, right. So my edition is going to be the same, and your edition is going to be the same from the last one. Mine's the sixth printing of the reprint editions, which I, yep. I think is going to be the same as the last one. Um, and mine is. But but in the yours is stolen. Yes, stolen. in the in the classic Goosebumps reprint that changes Molly moaned to Molly groaned. Moaned is sex more sexual well, than the kids book. No, I guess you don't. There's moaning in this book, or in one of them. It might have been the other one, but I noticed moaning in one of our books. Well, maybe maybe you got the more recent reprint and they were able to finally edit edit this one where they couldn't before. Maybe. Here's another difference in the, from the classics in, into the newer one. Uh, a mention of Lycra is removed. Lycra's pretty sexy. You don't want that. Weird. Weird, yeah. how, weird how de-sexied these books have to become. <laughs> But I don't know if these are. I don't know if we. If I even have the classic one, because I'm looking now. There's a new. There's an art, an art redesign for the classic cover, and it's very similar but distinctly different. Interesting. Well, I certainly don't have that white bar you were talking about on on my cover like I did last time, so I think I've got a redesigned cover. Yeah, mine's the uh, 
Mine's definitely redesigned. Yeah. Yeah, that white bar is really it's really important. I did learn, however, that I do have a first edition copy of Egg Monsters from Mars. Ooh. Like first first edition. Careful with that, man. Well, it's not your mint. retirement one day. It's not mint because it as the as the goose slime thing on the front says, goosebumps trading cards inside. There are none. Oh. So it's but not really. It's, still get R.L. Stein to sign it for you. It's in. A, it's damaged quite a bit. R.L. Uh, Stein. Uh, you can see that. Nice. Yeah. Very fancy. Uh, very, fancy. very nice. So, ugh, um, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to say about this book. Um, we did. There could be a better cover. We did the edition. Edition. Yeah. Um, I still. I still think that it could have. It could have been better. Obviously. But for the things it was, um, I think it was okay. I don't know. It's that's pretty generous. I don't it, know if I can say that. I'm. I, I can acknowledge that it is generous. I can totally. It is. It's generous. Um. All right. Like, so, even for what it was, I feel like it could have been done a lot better. And sure, it's yeah. easy to say. You know, I'm armchair editing children's author yep Um, am i published no have i made millions of readers happy no but neither has rl stein's oh (laughs) is that what we were doing i thought we were i thought that's the bit um i think it was occurring to me but then you got there and it was great and it sounded like morning radio and i don't care (laughs) <laughs> we need to put in like an ooga sound. <laughs> a, a, a bicycle bell. Bring, bring. A, a door slamming. Yep. Anyway. Um, all right. Uh, so the next book, we do one more Goosebumps book. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Just one more. Just one more. Just one more. Um, don't even worry about it. But there's no new words first. Well, do, I mean, we can do those after. Do you want? I thought we did books, new books after the words, but whatever you want, whatever you want, baby. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the book first, and then we'll do. Okay. It. Okay. Okay. So the uh, we're gonna do one more Goosebumps book, and uh, the the book we're reading next is Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Do you wanna Do you wanna tell people uh, what that looks like there? <laughs> <laughs> because that's promising me a whole lot that I don't think I'm going to get. <laughs> the cover of why I'm afraid of bees has, it's like a shot of a kid. It's a shot of a, a big, big shot of a bee, but the bee's head's been replaced by a, a child's head. Like, like imagine the most stereotypical nineties white kid head you could imagine. Like, like short, like uh, what do you call those? Like a one of those military haircuts, like a fade, like a crew cut. Yeah, like a, it's like a crew cut. Okay. Um, and it just looks so so nineties. It's so childlike. It's it's very well done. Uh, it looks terrible. The 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 description of the book. Uh, okay, so all Goosebumps books have these things in the cover. These little like sayings that this little like tagline that goes with the fo- image. This one says. He's no ordinary human being. Oh God! What number is this? Um, I think it's seventeen. Why well, I'm afraid of bees? Okay, I've got it. Yeah, serial number seventeen. Why well, I'm afraid of bees? Um, the description on the back. Right brain, wrong body. Gary Lutz needs a vacation from himself bullies are constantly beating him up his only friend is his computer even his little sister doesn't like him but now gary's dream is about to come true he's going to exchange bodies with another kid for a whole week gary can't wait to get a new body until something horrible happens and gary finds out his new body isn't exactly human god that that pun that he's no ordinary human being God, isn't it great isn't it great i don't know if i can i don't know if i can uh agree to that 
shorter than the last one, so that's at least great. Yeah. If you're afraid of bees, I have to warn you. There are a lot of bees in this story. In fact, there are hundreds. Wow. It's the first line. Not going to ruin it anymore. It's a little, little preview. Um, or should I say it's a little bee view? Um, it's a little bee view? Maybe I should say it again. All right. So how about a new word alert? You ready? Yep. Inveigle. 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 It's funny. I thought for a second it, it shared a root with finagle, but I don't think it does. Because vagal and nagel are different. But that's what it made me think of. Uh, what, is, what does inveigle mean? Because I, I don't know. I don't even know if I've heard it before. Well, it's a verb. Okay. To win over by wiles, to entice, to acquire by ingenuity or flattery. That does sound kind of like finagle, doesn't it? A little bit. All right, that's one. Here's another. Okay. Elver. Elver? Elver. Can you spell it? E-L-V-E-R. That's elf mined silver. Nope. It's a noun uh, for a young eel. So, like, a baby eel is called an elver. Huh. All right, here's another. Fra. Fra? Fra. Like, to and fra? No. When are you going to get home fra the store, ma? No, unfortunately, it's... Fra. Fra. That's what I said. Well, no, it's a noun okay. that's used as a title equivalent to brother, preceding the name of an Italian monk or friar. I've seen FR for a friar. But you're saying like FRA? FRA. Huh. Where did you see this word? This is not important. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, step monk? <laughs> I, uh,. My dad found a, for some reason, he decided that it would be really funny if we did a New York Times crossword puzzle from 1952. Oh, and that would be interesting, actually. It was brutal and horrible. <laughs> um, there was a lot of new words in it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot of racist words. Really? A, lot of ra- a lot of racist cluing. Yeah. Not not even like hiding it. Like it's the thing where you read it at the time and you're like, it's like, oh, I guess you would call Japanese people that <laughs> at the time. <laughs> or like uh, one of them is like one of the clues is something like a Chinese man's name. And it's like, that's pretty open ended, bud. <laughs> like it's a lot of like. A lot, a lot of opportunities of there. Are, yeah, a lot of options. Um, or an, another one was a girl's name was the clue. It's like, again, a whole lot of options, bud. What did that one end up being? Is it like Betty? It was just whatever. It, it felt like filler. It was like, it, 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 like Laura, L-O-R-A, or like Etta, you know? It's just like, okay, whatever. You needed these letters here, and you just right. forced them in and said, yeah, it's a girl's name. Why not? All right, here's another one. Here's another one from the puzzle. Pone. 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 Well, I've heard of corn pone. I'm going to go with that, I think. Is it a porridge of some kind? That's it. It's corn pone. And is that is that what that is? Because I've only... No, I'm saying it's corn pone. What is corn pone? Is that a porridge? A uh, cornbread often made without milk or eggs and baked or fried. Oh, so yeah. I'm close, but not close at all. Okay. All right, last one. Finn. Finn? Finn. Spell? F-E-N. 
it's a geographical region. It's like a small valley, maybe. It's like a, a like a vale. It's a low land that is covered wholly or partially with water, unless artificially drained, and that usually has plenty. Uh, excuse me, usually has peaty alkaline soil. Okay. And characteristic flora sure. of sedges and reeds. So like so like a bog, but in England or the UK. Sure, yes. I, I I always forget what I knew it was that area because they they even talk about uh, in Harry Potter when they do the the hat song about the founders they say fair Ravenclaw from Fen. I just always assumed it was another valley, but I was yeah. wrong. It was more of a boggy kind of place. Probably lowland Scotland since I believe she was Scottish. That would make sense. You got the Fens and you got the Highlands. Damn right. I, yeah, I'm just I'm. This is all conjecture. If I'm wrong. Yell at Doug. Yeah, keep to the moors. <laughs> um, Lotsies Proctor over there. God damn it! I want to watch that now. Do it. Um, why? Things to watch. I got other things to watch. That's true. You do have plenty of things you have never watched, like Teen Wolf. Well, yeah, that's well, yeah, that's season three. Great there's job. like great job. There's like seventy oh, yeah. more episodes to go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Somebody recommends you Oscar-winning films, and you're like, you know, I'm watch seven seasons of Teen Wolf. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's such a soap opera, but I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the end of Death Readers. Next episode, we're going to be reading the entirety of Why I'm Afraid of Bees, Goosebumps <sighs> number seventeen, uh, <laughs> and then we'll be done with Goosebumps. For now. No! <laughs> That's a cliffhanger. Suck it, R.L. Stein. <laughs> Learn how to write a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. So, how about a new word alert? I mean, yes. There was a time when you were like, what? No, no more new words. No, no more new words.